0: Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito Com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito Com.
1: On today's Patreon Nation podcast, we are joined by the managing editor of Acme Packing Company. Listen... We are excited about this because Matt's out today. He's feeling a little bit under the weather, and so uh, we're like, you know what? Let's bring in a Packers guy. We're awfully excited to talk Packers with him. It's Tex Western from Acme Packing Company. Thanks for coming on, man. really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, it's my pleasure. Always uh, always happy to be on. Always happy to talk about the Packers and uh, excited to kind of hear what you have to say about the Patriots as well.
1: Yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting week because I was excited about the Mac Jones versus Aaron Rodgers uh, uh, you know, showdown. Uh, if if you will, uh, to use a little Western verbiage there, um, <laughs> but uh, but you know I just Mac Jones ain't playing. Like there, there was some talk today about oh you know he's in the facility and he wants to, he's not playing. He's yeah. not, and and if even if he wanted to play, I I would hope that the Patriots aren't dumb enough to let him play even if he wants to. Uh, you just you're just asking for him to you know to hurt his ankle again, stupid.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I I, I couldn't believe that there was even any talk about it earlier today. Um... When when you've got a young guy like that, you can't put his you know his long term future on the line for for a game at you know at this stage of the season, let alone um, you know at, at at this point in his career. So right, you can't you can't sacrifice that, yeah, or potentially uh, sacrifice it, yeah, yeah,
1: hundred percent. And you know the 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 charge did it with Justin Herbert last week, and you know supposedly he's feeling better and he got an injection. It's, I just like it, just I just don't get it. And even you ha- at some point as the team. You have to protect the guy from himself. Like, yep. he is your guy. He is the guy that's going to be your quarterback for the next 10 to 15 years. You know, he can't break a rib and puncture his lung. Like, that's just, you just can't have that happen. You know, like, right. so it just, you never know what type of damage can be done. And I know it's not his shoulder. So, like, okay, it's not a degenerative thing that's going to happen in his shoulder, but still, uh, you know, I, I just, I just feel like sometimes you got to protect the guys from themselves because they would be out there if they could they'd be out there if they can. You know, if there's any way that they could possibly play, they want to get out there. And you love that about those guys. But then it's your job as an organization to say like, -uh. uh-uh, I don't care if you want to play. We appreciate it. We love you. But you're not playing. You know, you're going to get hurt.
0: Exactly. Yeah, I mean, the the Tua thing, right? Like, he just... Yep. we are as we record this he just hit his head again and, and looks like he's going to be out for for the rest of this game on Thursday night. So, um at some point exactly you you have to take the decision out of the player's hands and um you know, look out for their their long-term well-being.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So, speaking of long-term well-being, the long-term quarterback at, at in Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers, of course there was lots of talk last year and more so last year than this year, but there's been lots of talk about him retiring and him Doing ayahuasca and him just, you know, being immunized and just like an absolute. There is, I tell you what, the one thing it, there is, uh, there is no shortage of headlines out in Green Bay uh, when it comes to Aaron Rodgers. But he's still one MVP last year. I I still think it should have gone to Brady, but one MVP last year still was playing at the top of his game, even though they refused to the draft wide receivers. Of course, they drafted one finally in the second round this year. Um, you know, but it's. I don't know. He just keeps doing it. He just keeps doing it with, you know, with lackluster guys. And, uh, you know, have you seen decline from him at all? Or is he just the same old Aaron Rodgers out there every week?
0: Yeah, it, it is interesting to start this season because obviously Devonte Adams leaving is the big story receiving core this year. Um, guy was 150, 160 target plus guy, you know, each of the last four or five years. And those targets are getting spread around. Obviously a lot more this season. Um, the, the, Christian Watson draft pick in the in the second round. I mean, basically that was that was effectively a first round pick, just not in yeah. in number because it was at thirty four. Um, the guy who's actually been really impressing the rookie is Romeo Dobbs, the fourth round pick. Uh, he ran one rookie of the week for week three. Had eight catches, seventy yards, and a touchdown uh, against Tampa last Sunday. So he's actually the one who's been getting more playing time because Watson missed some time in training camp and and uh, actually missed the the game last week. But that said. Um, I think there's there is a little bit of concern around Rodgers right now, if only because he's not taken the same type of deep shots that he has. And some of that is is he's taken what the defenses are giving him, right? So uh, teams are right now are not dropping a safety into the box to defend the run. They're sticking in a, a too high safety look, basically. On every snap against the Packers this year and so you know Rogers wisely is gonna gonna stick to underneath stuff stick to the the easy chunk yards um the one thing that we've kind of noticed is the last couple of weeks he just hasn't seemed to be throwing in rhythm and and making his his progressions the same way he used to um there have been too many open receivers that he hasn't pulled the trigger um on on throwing the ball to uh and it's it's things like that that are just a little uncharacteristic of him. Um, He's still putting up some decent numbers. um, And certainly he's, you know, he's, he's good at navigating the pocket. And when he's dialed in, the the accuracy is still, is still incredible, right? That's, that's not there. It's, it's the one thing that's starting to creep in, in our minds a little bit is just some of the decision-making and just not making uh, some of the reads that we have been so accustomed to him making over, you know, his entire career.
1: Yeah. No, it's tough. And that's, you know, the hard thing is that you get to the age that he is at this point, right? And it's like, you know, it's not as easy as it was, right? Yep. Like, he always made it look so easy and effortless. I mean, he, and he just flicked the ball and it will go 60 yards and he'd be running one way and throwing across his body and doing all sorts of crazy things. And he can probably do that at spur and, you know, at times. Right? right? But he just can't do it as much as he could. I mean, you mentioned Watson. It's yeah. like his second career play runs a streak and he hits him in the hands and he just dropped yeah. it. You know what I mean? And so, I, I wondered. I do wonder too, and you have some of those concerns with Brady where like, Brady didn't look as good in 2019. I think he was kind of checked out mentally a little bit in New England, but like, he also didn't trust the guys around him. And you wonder if mm-hmm. that has something to do with what how Rogers looks like now and maybe by the end of the year that'll get fixed, right? But like, you know, maybe he doesn't trust the guys that are around, other than you know, ninety-seven-year-old uh, Randall Cobb, who's running around in the slot <laughs> still, right? Like, so it's it's that's yep. difficult, you know.
0: Definitely, and that's that's always been something that Rodgers has talked about in the past is um, is breaking in his receivers. He does so many little nonverbal communication things, his different checks, his different signals, and he expects all of his receivers to know every one of those signals and remember remember them the same way that he remembers them, right? Like he's, he's got a photographic memory. Um, and it seems like he almost expects his receivers to have the same type of memory to, you know, think back to, um, you know, there there was a, a comment he made a couple years ago about I can't remember who it was, but he said, Well, I made this signal to him in training camp and I made it again in, in week ten and I expected him to like pick up on that same signal. <laughs> right. And yeah. like that's that's a that's a really high bar, right, to to have that expectation, especially of young receivers. Um, he certainly has it and um that's how you get playing time and how you get the ball thrown to him when you're playing with Rodgers. But yeah, that definitely is is part of it—the the making sure that you're in sync with, um, with these receivers. And he's even kind of talked too about how you know the young guys coming into the league now. He feels like he's got more in common with the Packers coaching staff just based on age and you know life experience and stuff than yeah uh, than some of these young receivers coming in. You know, guys that are coming in at 22 years old. Um, whereas his coaches are, are a lot closer in age to he is. So I think all those things probably play play into it a little bit. I do wonder if the progression thing I mentioned, I mean, some of that could definitely be just him you know, not quite trusting uh, some of these young guys to to maybe run the route exactly right or at the right depth or bend it off the way he wants it. And, um, you know, in the past he's not been shy about uh, letting receivers know when when they did yeah. it wrong. Uh, so so yeah I think all those things play into it I do think that as the season goes along um, things will will get straightened out a little bit more he'll get a little more comfortable um, and and hopefully the run game will pick up enough to to force defenses to account for that just a little bit more and um, just not be able to sit back in in two high shells all game long every week and and maybe open it up for you know the occasional big play action bomb or something like that
1: yeah no and that's a great point and I you know it kind of takes me to my next point because as good as Rogers is and everyone knows he's good again, reigning MVP, like, you know, one of the best quarterbacks of the generation for sure. I really think the offense runs with the, with the running backs because you have two really good. I mean, listen, they drafted AJ Dillon in the second round, right? A few years back. And it was, everyone was like, what the hell are they doing? Rogers needs receivers. Like what's wrong with them? They already have Aaron Jones and you can see, and and listen, we're from up here. No one up here really watches BC because we we don't really watch college football. But like, sure. you know, people that people that watch college football could tell you that AJ Dillon was an absolute monster, right? Quadzilla is real. He's like, yeah. he's a beast, right? But he also brings some speed as well. And Aaron Jones is like another receiver coming out of the backfield. So I think that one two punch you have over there is huge, and that I think is where if you start to wear teams down, and this is where it's going to be difficult for the Patriots because they have now brought in smaller I mean Mac Wilson's the perfect example Mac Wilson is a you know a guy who's a smaller linebacker who's fast and runs around that's great but against AJ Dillon that's not going to work right so like if they just line up and try to play bully ball they might be able to do that against you know against some of that front seven with the patriots because they're not they're really necessarily designed for that anymore because they're trying to keep pace with you know, the the Miamis and the Buffaloes and the Kansas cities in the world that are running by everyone. And by the way, Green Bay can still do that a little bit with their receivers. But, you know, with with the the ability to run people over in the running game, I think is so huge. Um, and that, to me, is going to be the biggest matchup of the week, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. Um, it, it, it's interesting to see because the Packers under LaFleur had been very much a zone running team. Um, that had been really their identity the, the, these last three years. And, you know, that's such a huge component of the Shanahan, Lafleur right. McVeigh offensive tree
1: as we're but, learning. Yep. Yeah.
0: But this season we've seen a lot more pin and pull power stuff, um, pulling guards, pulling center, Josh Myers, a lot. Uh, in the run game, which is something that we really never saw out of Lafleur offenses in the past. And that's really where they've had the, the biggest successes on the ground. So when, when they're getting these, it, and they've got some really athletic linemen. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's that's a big key to this is is they've got guys who can really get out and move in, in space and, and clear some space out um, pulling around. So that's a, that's a big piece of it, especially with Jones. I think that um, for, for being as small a guy as he is, he runs power really well. Um, yeah. And then, you know, you've got Dylan to kind of be the hammer to run maybe a little bit of that inside zone where he's he's called upon to maybe break more tackles with uh, physicality rather than um, kind of following pulling guards and, and having uh, guys clear the way for him. So it is a really interesting one-two punch. Um, they do very much have different running styles, um, but they're also starting to use them a lot together in the pony packages and in, in two running back sets. The big thing that has been happening with that so far this season is it, it's been very predictable. They only run like two or three plays. It seems like out of that, even though they run at about seven or eight snaps a game. So I think what we're going to start seeing in the next couple of weeks is the Packers start to add some wrinkles in when they do put both of those both of those guys on the field together, uh, because it's just getting a little too um, a little too predictable. With yeah. you know they're going to line up with both of them you know on either side of Rodgers in the shotgun. One of them motions out, and then it's either an inside zone handoff. Or it's a swing pass to the guy who's in motion, and and they do that three or four times a game, and they haven't really come up with any good wrinkles off of it, or at least if they've come up with them, they haven't unveiled them yet. Yeah. So I think um, how they do that over the course of the season is going to be really interesting to track. But uh, they do they they've talked about it in the off season, and and they've been been doing it and, and getting both of those guys on the field together. Now it's time to to see the creativity come out that um, that we know is is capable um, to. For this offensive coaching snap to have,
1: yeah, it's funny because the Patriots have kind of run a few a few of the uh, similar things, right? Where they've run kind of a guy into the flat, almost on like a uh, you know on a swing pass, almost like a screen, right? Yep. Not actually a screen, but almost like a quick screen pass, um, you know, with guys blocking in front of them, right? And people are jumping it; they're jumping that route, and you know, Mac almost got I mean, it was almost a pick six last week. Because it's just catch it and throw, like He's not even looking, right? Because that should be blocked and it wasn't. But I do think that at some point they keep jumping it and jumping it and jumping it. And then at some point, okay, that guy's going to pretend to block for a second. You're going to look like you're throwing it in the flat and bam, that guy's going to be wide open for a 40 yard gain. Right? So like, so there are things that will come off of it. I do think that eventually, you know, you run that play. And it's funny because there's a play. So this is going way back to 2014 with the Patriots, but they had a, the, the famous Edelman pass, uh, you know, I- against the Ravens. That play was called in the Kansas City game, and Amendola called the playoff because of the defense that was out there. If they run that play, now it's on tape, and the Ravens have seen it. Maybe they don't stop it still, but at least they've seen it. That was a play they never ran all year long, right? So it's like, okay, maybe they don't throw in the wrinkles now, or maybe the wrinkles aren't there for them later. But then in the playoffs, when it matters – all of a sudden it looks like, hey, something's going to happen, and then bam, something else happens, right? So um, I guess you never really know how it's going to work out. But, yep. you know, I do think – I am excited to see to see how the Patriots defense holds up against them because, you know, they really haven't played a great running team yet. You know what I mean? Like they just – the teams they've played against are okay running teams, but nothing like the Packers um, where they can really get after it and run the ball. And, of course, the Steelers are a good running team. But they're not like a great running. I mean, Najee Harris is fine; he's a good player. But he's, yep. they're not like a really good running team. I think the Packers do a really nice job of, of running and those powers. You know, we're very used to those powers around here with you know with Damian Harris, especially and Ramondre Stevenson as well. Um, and they can be really effective and just wear defenses down. And so, yep. I am uh, I'm excited to see how the how the defense holds up against that.
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And um, again, the the big thing that the Packers with that, haven't really gotten going a whole lot is the play action passing game yet too. It's been again, a lot of dink and dunks, a lot of underneath stuff. Um, few, few receiver screens here and there, but, um, they've really only dialed up one or two big play action, uh, play action passes and, um, hit on one, a, a big 50 yard, to, to Sammy Watkins in the second game the, against Chicago. Um, but that's really the only, um, the only big explosive play that they've had, um, that and I think one slot fade to, to Lazard. And actually, no, that one wasn't play action at all. Now that I'm thinking about it, that was just a quick, you know, two step drop uh, mm-hmm. fade over the over the top uh, last week in, in Tampa. So, yeah, the play action game is, is such a huge part too of, of again, the LaFleur Shanahan style yep. of, of offense. And um, it just hasn't been, I think it hasn't been working in part again because defenses are keying so much on, um, Taking away the big play uh, and keeping those safeties back.
1: Yeah, no, it's right. I mean, listen, if you're playing the Packers, your thought is Aaron Rodgers is the guy, and so let's yep. play, you know, too deep. And it seems to be this is what they're doing against everyone now, right? They're doing it against Josh Allen and they're doing it against Patrick Mahomes, and it's smart because you're not going to beat us with the deep ball, right? And so, and what's funny is that Belichick's been doing this for years because he he knows like. Okay, go down the field in twelve plays and score a touchdown. It's a lot harder than you know throwing one seventy-five yard bomb, right? So um, it definitely makes a lot of sense, right? But as I say, that Rogers is, is the main guy, and he is. But like, you know, to shift away from the offense, the defense in Green Bay is significantly better than, and I don't, I shouldn't say what it normally is, but it yeah, normally it feels is. like Green Bay is not. <laughs> Typically, this defensive juggernaut, right? Yeah, and I know I, I realize that Brady didn't have all of his receivers on Sunday. I get that, but the whole Tampa to twelve points at home—that's uh, an impressive performance, right? I don't care. I don't care who's out there for receiver with Brady. That's impressive, right? And so, um, I think the Green Bay defense is significantly better. Of course, not having Mac Jones sucks for the Patriots, and I'll talk about the off the you know the decision at quarterback that they have. Someone already commented about that, so we'll we'll talk about that. Um, but I do think that that's one thing that people that haven't you know watched the Packers, like Patriots fans that haven't watched the Packers, I think you're going to be really surprised at how good the Packers' defense is compared to the last time we saw them.
0: Yeah, I think the especially the pasty um, the the pass rush is is very solid. You've got um, a great outside duo with Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith. Uh, Preston's having a, another good year. He, he's one of those guys, he kind of fluctuates up and down year to year, but it seems like he's, he's back in a, in a good year again this year. And Rashawn Gary is really coming into his own, I think, as one of the premier pass rushers in the NFL. Mm. Um, and you, you pair those two guys up with a great interior pass rushing nose tackle and Kenny Clark. Um, that's a, that's a really great recipe for, for collapsing the pocket and, and getting to the quarterback. And the secondary is really solid, especially the cornerback unit. Um, Jair Alexander being back after missing most of last season is huge. Uh, Eric Stokes looks really solid on the other side. Um, As long as he's not covering Justin Jefferson, Eric Stokes looks really solid. (laughs) Um, And then Russell Douglas was just a a diamond in the rough off the scrap heap in the middle of last season and has really been a a tremendous find for Green Bay too. So, um, and a couple of solid safeties. So the, the, the area where... I think that the, the you can exploit this team a little bit is still in the run game. Um, we, we were hoping that a couple of the reinforcements that Green Bay was getting on the defensive line was, was going to help in that area. Uh, Jaron Reed came over from Kansas City and, as a free agent, hasn't really lived up to a little bit of the billing um, as a run stuffer. And the Packers do tend to play a lot of nickel. And we'll probably see a lot of like your typical kind of two, four, five nickel that you'd see from, from three, four base teams where they pull a pull a D lineman off and and put it a fifth DB on. Um, But you'll also see a little bit, I think when they want to step, stop the run of this three, three, five nickel uh, this penny front that they've called, they're calling it in green Bay, where instead of pulling uh, a lineman, they'll pull one of the two inside linebackers. And that helps out with the gap integrity a little bit up front. Um, it, it helped a lot against Tampa. They basically shut down Leonard Fournette and the run game almost entirely. And that was really encouraging to see uh, after they really got shredded against the bears and uh, in, in the run in the second half. Some of that might've been that they were sitting back and, you know, not, not really keying on the run when they were up big against Chicago, but even so it was a little disconcerting to, to see David Montgomery kind of, Cutting through the the defense pretty well, but again, the the pass defense is is the strength of, of that unit for sure. But but you're right; it, it's it is a much improved unit overall. I think than than it's been the last several years, because you know you really think back. You look in the last decade, and the defense has been what's let down this this team, especially in the playoffs yeah. over the years. Last year's loss to San Francisco was really the first time that you can put the loss on uh, the offense, and then the special teams which is a whole a whole nother commit um but uh but yeah it's 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 a much it it looks like a much improved unit over over last year and certainly over the the last handful of years when you know they struggled to kind of break out of like that maybe you know middle to bottom third of the league just an overall performance on d
1: today's episode is brought to you by
0: cars.com
1: yeah no, that's a great point there is one i gotta go off track just for a second dark blue gold's asking is that chris farley on that t-shirt
0: yes absolutely where
1: in the world did you get that shirt
0: i honestly i a friend of mine got it for me uh i i couldn't tell you where it came from but um yeah chris chris farley proud uh proud wisconsin native proud cheesehead
1: unbelievable Um, yeah what a shirt what a a flipping (laughs) shirt oh my goodness um, no, and listen, you're right about the defense. What's funny about the Patriots situation this week is that their passing game stinks, uh, now, especially with Mac Jones hurt, and so they're going to run the ball a lot yep. more, you would think. Now, what the benefit that the Packers have is that they're just gonna throw nine guys in the box
0: on every single
1: play because why wouldn't you, right? Yep. Like, it's Brian Hoyer, right? And it is Brian Hoyer that's starting, um, and and I'll talk about that in a minute, but like. Brian Hoyer. He's not going to beat you. Like, if Brian Hoyer beats you, okay. Like, you know, it is what it is, right? Yeah. So, um, but so that's but I do think like Eric Stokes was a guy that got drafted in the first round last year. People were like, what the hell are they doing drafting this guy? And like he's looked good. He has looked good, right? And so I do think I've been impressed. Rasul Douglas, man, that guy was in the scrap heap. I mean, that guy was done. He was out of football. Yep. He was like, this guy stinks. And then he came in and had just an insane year last year, and he's still playing well. Wow, it's crazy.
0: He was incredible because they signed him off the, the Cardinals practice squad in like week five right after Alexander gets hurt. His first game is against Arizona, and he yep. gets that game-sealing pick on Thursday That's Night right. Football to, to seal that game. Like, You can't script that. That's yeah. it's 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 just ridiculous. And then, you know, he goes out, gets a couple of pick sixes and ends up, I think he was a pro bowl alternate at the end of last year when yeah. he played like like 10 games or something like that. So, yeah, he he's he's incredible. I'm so happy for him just as a as a person that he was, you know, he he turned it around and, and got a nice little payday uh, yeah. this off season. Um He's so much fun to listen to and like. Press conferences and interviews and stuff because he doesn't hold back. He will tell you anything you want to know, and he's I a he's a fun fun guy to listen to because he'll uh, he'll he'll tell like tell it like it is. So um, yeah, he's been he's been a joy to to have around and to to cover as part of this team.
1: That's great. That's great. And you love to hear those stories, you know, of guys that you know. I mean, the one I always come back to for the Patriots is Malcolm Butler, right? Malcolm Butler was Malcolm Butler wasn't a UDFA. Malcolm Butler was a training camp invite. Yeah. After all the UDFA's in the entire league had been signed, you just need extra bodies for rookie minicamp. He was an extra body for rookie minicamp. Like, and then he comes in, and in his rookie season, ends up playing in the Super Bowl and making the play, and then you know gets a big contract and so on and so forth. I mean, it's just like it's unbelievable. Like the guy, he wasn't a nobody. He was like a nobody. He was Less like a nobody's nobody. nobody. Yeah. Like right, you know, it's like <laughs> crazy. So. You know, you just see that stuff like that happen, and it wasn't like it took five years to happen. It happened instantaneously, right? And so, yeah. Rasul Douglas, same thing. It's like he couldn't even crack the lineup in Arizona. He couldn't even get on the active roster, and all of a sudden, he's a Pro Bowl alternate the same year, right? And so, and he was never that guy his whole career, right? And he just he yep. just turns it around. So it's uh it's pretty cool. And sometimes it's just about the situation you get put into, and the coaches, and the scheme, and everything else. And so, um, it's a it's a pretty cool situation. So. But I will say, I think Patriots offensively, that's going to have to be the game plan. The game plan is going to have to be get after those linebackers, try to you know, try to run basically what they've been doing, which is a lot of power. They haven't been running as much outside zone. And you know, if you watched any of their preseason games, which I'm sure you didn't, but if you watched any of their preseason games, they ran a ton of outside zone, and they suck at it. They just they're not good at it, right? And so like it was a mess and so they're now running inside zone and when they run outside primarily they're running power or they're running a toss play or they're running things like that and they're not running that outside stretch zone play cuz it's just not working for them right and so but they've been very good at running the inside stretch um or the inside zone I should say and they and they they're great at running power they've been great at running power they continue to be great at running power so it's a very different look from the offense because the patriots have been really the only team in the league or one of the only teams in the league to play with a fullback consistently uh and they just completely got rid of the fullback this year just no fullback um yeah and so that's been interesting to see it's been a little bit of an adjustment for them but they've ran the ball pretty well the last few games um that's going to be the big matchup like and hoyer listen i mean at some point Hoyer's gonna have to make some plays right and i don't know if that's going to happen i i can't imagine them going into green bay and winning with brian hoyer quarterback i guess you never know but like it's going to have to be a herculean uh, you know a herculean game by the defense if that's going to be the case and i think the patriots defense is better than people give them credit for i think that they that they can at least slow down green bay but like i mean you know it just keeps coming back to the patriots right now are a team an average team in the nfl last week against green bay last week against uh, against baltimore they gave up 37 points or 36 points, 30, I don't know how many points, 37 points. I don't, it doesn't matter. They gave up a lot of points last week, okay? And so, but they also played really well at times, and then at times, they were terrible. And so, like, you know, you have these gr- alternating great plays and terrible plays, and then you have these, you know, they're down five points at the end of the game, and Mac throws an interception in the end zone. Then they get a three and out. They're still down five points. And you throw a long pass to Aglo and he fumbles, and it's like, though it just like it's been happening to them really for the last two or three years that they just can't get out of their own way, and it's just not the Patriots team that people are used to seeing, right? Undisciplined, stupid mistakes, penalties galore, turnovers like crazy. So those are the things that are going to have to have to get fixed offensively and defensively. But I really do feel if they can clean those things up defensively, they can play with anyone on the defense side of the football. It just now becomes like, do they have enough offensively without Mac Jones at this point now to compete with any of these teams? And I just don't see how you can do that short of, you know uh, short of running, you know, running Damian Harris 37 times for 280 yards. Like I just don't, I don't know how you do that uh, and, and keep pace with this Packers team. Even if you play well, against this Packers team, it's going to be difficult to do, I think.
0: Yep. Yeah, and you mentioned a little bit of the the passing game or the running backs. I do think that's an area where um the the Packers are a little bit vulnerable on defense. Um the the linebacker's Devondre Campbell had an all-pro season last year, another guy that mm-hmm. you know Packers kind of picked up in the middle of the offseason and um and got a great year out of, but they've been playing rookie Quay Walker the joy guy a lot. Um, he's ba- I mean, he's basically like getting, you know, 70% of the defensive snaps and he's, he's a hit stick, man. He, he closes fast. He is violent. Um, he's got a little bit of a nose for the football, but he's young and inexperienced and he can be picked on a little bit, especially in zone coverage. So that's, I think one of the areas where, you know, one of the theories that we have around Acme packing company is, is right. The, the defense is only as good as, as its weakest link. And, right now that's that, that might be the, the weakest link on this Packers defense just because of his inexperience um, specifically, you know, as a, as a coverage player and kind of navigating through blocks and things. So um, again, you, you get him out in the space unblocked. He's going to make the play uh, just about every time. And he's going to make a violent, exciting play. But um, yeah, if you can get him thinking that's, that's a good thing for the offense.
1: Yeah. Well, and that's what that's, part of the problem with rookies right is that you know they haven't seen a lot in the nfl yet and i i love quay walker. i love quay walker i was super i really was super high on him coming out of the draft i thought he was better than um nicobe dean which of course the yeah. went significantly later than he did but still um i just i i i love him so i thought it was a great pick by green bay and again it's funny because you know everyone gets pissed about this packers not you know not going offense and not doing this but but you have to build that defense up. Like, if you watch what yeah. New England did for 20 years, yes, you have Brady. Of course, you have Brady. Like, you can't win without Brady. But you also need the defense, right? And so, like, yes, you have Rodgers, fine. But you have to have playmakers in defense as yeah. well. And that's what's been missing for so long for Green Bay. And, you know, I mean, listen, people go back and forth and talk about how he had this defense and he had that defense. And, and I don't want to go, I don't want to get into the nitty gritty of it. But the fact of the matter is that you didn't have a new England defense in 2003, 2004, 2014. You didn't have that. Like, you know, and so, yep. and that's, and that's the type of thing that at this point he needs that. And if you build these young receivers up, you never know. Right. And, yep. and then you have enough. So I, I think that that makes sense. You know?
0: Yeah. The one, the one year in Roger's career really had, had that was twin the Super Bowl. I mean, that was, a, right. that was a top three defense in the NFL that year. Um,
1: yeah. So, that's no, true. It's true. Yeah. So and, one... and the
0: other interesting the the one other interesting thing I'd say on that too is it, it's not like they haven't tried to invest right. on defense. Um almost every one of their first round picks in the last 15 years have been on the defensive side. Jordan Love, I think Brian balaga th- there's a couple of offensive linemen in there, but I think something like 12 of the last 15 first round draft picks they've used on defense. Uh it's just a lot of the guys haven't worked out, haven't you know, been the the players that that you hoped. And I think the other thing there too is they're always they're always drafting in the like the mid to late twenties because they've Mm -hmm. been consistently, you know, getting to like the divisional round of the playoffs or later. And so you're not getting that that top talent that you know those top fifteen, top ten guys where you're you're a little you feel like you get a little more of a sure thing. So there's always a little bit of projection there. And some of the guys like Kenny Clark have hit and have been great. Some of the guys like HaHa ha Clinton Dix and Demarius Randall and some of these other guys haven't, and right. that's you know it's it's tough when um, you know when you are kind of continuously stuck in that that late twenties range as you know as you guys being Pats fans have have right. kind of lived with that too, but you know it just it feels like the the Pats have hit on a lot more. Uh, of those defensive guys for whatever reason than the Packers have in the last 15 years or so. Yeah.
1: Well, you know what it is? The Patriots typically when they're in that spot trade out and they move yeah. back and they pick up extra picks. So they're drafting 10 guys instead of drafting six guys and then you have a yeah. better shot at it. You know what I mean? So um, I will say, ha uh, Clinton Dix. I mean, the the best thing he did in the NFL was give, you know, a ton of good fantasy names to, to people, right? So it's just like <laughs> it's not really the best thing when that's the best thing in his career. You know yeah. What I mean? Yep. Um, so we talked about this a little bit earlier, but Dark Google was talking about you know the weirdly optimistic rumors about about Mac Jones, and we mentioned this earlier, but I'll say it now, and I think it's important too. With you know Tua now leaves the stadium in in an ambulance and is going to the hospital to get checked out. At some point, right? And I and I don't know who I don't know who said it. I saw I saw something on Twitter. I think it was this morning. I don't remember who. Doesn't matter. Um, you know, sometimes. Like the guys aren't necessarily going to protect themselves. You have to step in and say, "No, you're not playing." I don't care if even if Max says he can play, even if the doctors look at it and say, "You know what? Eh, he might be able to play." No, no. If I'm if I'm Bill Belichick, I'm saying no. I don't care how good you feel. I don't care how hard you worked. I don't care what the medical team says. That's a badly sprained ankle. You're not going out there. Like, it's just, it's not happening. I'm not allowing it to happen. I wouldn't allow it to happen this week. I wouldn't allow it to happen next week. Maybe, maybe the third week, maybe, but probably not. I I just like, what are we doing? Why are we rushing him back already? It doesn't make any sense. There's no reason to do that. I know you want to win. I know you want to keep pace. I know you want to do that, but like, but that's the hard thing for me is, like, why why do that? It doesn't make any sense, right? So, to me, it's look at the, look at the long view, right? If you think Mac is the guy and you want to be your quarterback for the next 10 to 15 years, why are you trotting him out there with a better chance of hurting his ankle again and, you know, developing something that could be a long-term injury as opposed to just letting him sit for four weeks and get his ankle healthy? It's just, like, I don't know why we're overthinking this. It's just... Do not let him play for the love of God! Like, just don't do it.
0: Yeah, I, 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 go back to the experience I had. I had a badly sprained ankle about this time last year. And look, I'm I'm older than Mac Jones by plenty to yeah. to to have to spend a lot more time recovering for something like that than he is, than he probably will. But, um, I mean, I I know my ankle wasn't right for six months. Right. So, and and again. Uh, obviously these guys have, have access to the, the best sports medicine that exists out there and you know, all the, all the painkillers you could possibly need and, and, and what have you. But, um, just, just thinking back to if I, you know, if I had gone out there and tried to walk for the first week, let alone, uh, you yeah. know, let alone trying to go out there and play football seven days later, um, I, my, you might as well have just taken my foot and, and amputated it at that point. <laughs> yeah. So, no, right. No, there's, there's no, I, I, you're, I think you're completely spot on. There just, there is no reason to risk um a, a significant long-term injury at this point.
1: Right. Right. So, and, and listen, you know, to, to the people listening, I want Bailey to Zab- say, I want Bailey's happy to start too. I do, but he's not going to. That's Bill Belichick would never start a rookie. I know I said last year, Bill Belichick would never start a rookie quarterback. And he did, but <laughs> But he's never going to start a, a a backup, a third string rookie quarterback. Zappy is not ready to start. He's not. He's not. He's not NFL ready. He's not any of those things. I know Brian Hoyer stinks. I know he's lost his last eleven starts. I know. I get it. Okay, but like, he at least gives you the chance to not completely screw everything up, right? And so, and so that's the big thing for me. Or as Dark Blue Gold said, we can just charge Kobe Myers out there to play quarterback, but. But, you know, it's, it's, he did play quarterback in college for those of you that didn't know that. Um, but, you know, it, it's just, he's just not going to do it. He's not going to do it. He's going to go with the, with the sure thing with, you know, Hoyer, who's a guy that he can trust and he knows what he's going to get from. It's not going to be very good. You're not going to get something great from him, but you at least know what you're going to get from Brian Hoyer. You have no idea what's going to happen to Billy Zappi, who looked fine in the preseason. But now you're talking about going against, a, a, you know, a scripted, defense who's going to game plan against your offense and try to take things away and confuse the hell out of you in mid-game it, you're asking for disaster if you do that
0: can, can I ask a practical question here would Brian Hoyer be a better quarterback if he went by his actual first name if he were Axel Hoyer he would be a much better quarterback I'm convinced of this there's I have, something there's something to the theory I think of yeah. you have to have a good name to be a, court, a, a great quarterback. And Axel Hoyer is a way better name than Brian Hoyer.
1: I have absolutely no idea why he's been going by Brian his entire life when his first name is <laughs> Axel. Like, what the hell is he doing? I just, like, that's outrageous. Yeah. I'm more pissed. That's, it's insane. I mean, how could you trust that guy ever again if his first name's Axel yeah. and he goes by Brian? That's crazy. That would be like Mac Jones going by McCorkle. Like, what, like, yeah. He's not going to show up and go by McCorkle. <laughs> I know it's his first name, but come on. You know, like it's uh, it, it's it's crazy. So, you know, and listen, Patriots and dark Will go mention like the last time Patriots fans saw Brian Horner play was in Kansas City on that Monday afternoon game or whatever the hell Tuesday, whatever the hell they played where they flew out the morning of in 2020 and it was a complete disaster and it happened. They were they were um, down in the red zone at the end of the first half. And I think they were down in the red zones at some other time too. And he like let the clock run out. And instead of getting, it was just, it was a complete disaster, but he got thrown in at the last minute. Cause, cause cam tested positive for COVID. He, they flew there the day of the game, like the morning of the game, they flew there. It was a complete mess. It was a mess that game. So they flew there on two separate planes, like guys that were, you know, guys that were maybe COVID positive. Uh, maybe that. not. It was yeah. nuts. It was absolutely insane. Um, so, I can't hold that one against him. Now, he is oh oh for his last ten, other than that game too. So it's not like he's played good football, but I do think that he's capable of at least playing like semi fine football, which like is probably better than you get from Billy Zappi at this point. I just don't like I I know he threw sixty two touchdown passes last year, but like it's just not he's just not an NFL quarterback yet. And so I you're gonna get Brian Hoyer. And I'm going to hate watching it. And they're going to come home with their with their red uniforms on that we've been waiting for years for them to play. And then Brian freaking Hoyer is going to be a starting quarterback when they do it, and it's going to suck. But like, it just is what it is, unfortunately. And it's the spot that we're in. It's like when you guys came to New England, and it was finally Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, and it was Matt Flipping Flynn. Yep.
0: You know like? Yeah, that was that Great. that 2010 game brings back some memories, right? Because that was that was the week after Rodgers, I think, got concussed in at Ford Field in Detroit. Yep. And and yeah, that was that was supposed to be it, right? We've had the same thing with the first uh the first two um Rodgers Mahomes games that were supposed to happen right. because we we still haven't gotten it because Couple of years ago, uh, Mahomes busted his ankle or whatever it was. And yeah, we got uh, I mean, was we got knee. Matt. I mean, it maybe it was his knee. Yeah, uh, we got Matt Moore on that game. And then last year, Rodgers tested positive for COVID. Amid okay. all that uh, that stuff, we got the Jordan Love game. So we're still uh, we're still waiting on the uh, the the State Farm sponsorship derby to to happen one of these <laughs> days. So
1: yeah, it's crazy. It's it's really interesting though. I will yeah. say. Little fun fact from Matt. Uh Matt's not here today, but he's, he sent me with a fun fact to give. So I'm gonna give it. Uh the last three times the Patriots and Packers have played, one of them has gone on to win the Super Bowl that season. I don't know. Packers won in twenty ten, Patriots won in twenty fourteen and twenty eighteen. Now we're in twenty twenty two and who knows? We'll see what happens, right? So All right. um but there's always I feel like there's always weird things that happen. Um when the Patriots and Packers play, like, you know, they had the Dan Connolly kick return yep. uh, in 2010. Yeah. The, the, um I just, the, the only play I remember from the 2014 game is the Jordy Nelson slant pass on, on Gilmore. That Cook he just on. Yep. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Not Gilmore. Rebus, right. That he yep. just whiffed on. Um. But you know, it's just, it's interesting. And the 2018 was a, was a blowout, but I, Oh, just played in that game too. Yeah. That
0: one, that one was weird because um, we actually just wrote this up on on Acme Packing Company. My uh, one of, one of our guys, John Meerdink, wrote this up, uh, recapping that game. That was a that was a tie game early in the fourth quarter, and mm-hmm. it was uh, it was an unfortunate, unfortunate, ill timed Aaron Jones fumble that uh, right. gave New England back the the ball. I think in deep in Packers territory, they went down, scored quick. And then um, you know pulled away from there, but that was at least a, a game for for three quarters, and then that was that actually ended up really being the start of the end for uh, for Mike McCarthy, because that there was a, that was in the middle of a really rough stretch for the schedule, and then um, yeah, it was only about six weeks later that they just completely fell apart at home against a bad Josh Rosen led Arizona Ooh, team, and God. and that got got McCarthy fired. So yeah,
1: anytime you lose a Josh Rosen. <sighs> oh, <man. laughs> Yikes. So, yeah.
0: but no, here here we are.
1: So, right. we're, we're, we're in a much it. better place. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Now, how do you, are you confident in the coaching staff? Because yes. last year, I mean, people would look at what happened last year in the playoffs and be like, do we really feel like, you know, we're 100% confident? By the way, I don't know. I don't know if I would fault them for kicking the field goal in that situation. I understand that the, the, I get, I get it. Right. I understand why you go for the touchdown there. I do. And I also understand that it's Tom Brady on the other side. Right. I I think, I think that's the only reason I would have gone for it on fourth down because you know the other quarterback is going to drive them. You know he's going to drive them down the field. It's just like if Rogers were on the other sideline, right? Or Manning were on the other sideline or, or Mahomes or Josh Allen. You have to know who's on the other side. Right. So I might say, hey, you know, I'm okay still being down a few points, but now a touchdown wins the game as opposed to just tying the game or whatever. But I just went with this Brady on the other side. I just, yeah, I just, I don't, I don't look at it.
0: I I, I get it. I, I, I get exactly where you're coming from on that one. That's been the debate for a year and a half now because that was, that was the, you know, the, the, the 2020 game. Oh, geez, and then, right. yeah, Those I mean, we're, we're going back now? another year too. Wowza. Right. So like last, last year was the, the special teams cluster F That's at, right. uh, at Lambeau against San Francisco. Yep. So, um, if you're asking me if I feel better than last year, you bet your ass I do because, <laughs> uh, we got risk coach coaching special teams and he actually seems like he knows what the heck he's doing. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're, I think they're through three games. They're sitting like 14th in special teams DVOA instead of last. I'll take it. Okay, well, I'll take. I know the road's better. Look, than last. man. Yeah, <laughs> mediocre special teams would have gotten the Packers to the the NFC Championship last year. Um, if you just don't have, you know, if you don't have that block punt, they win that game, and I think beat the Rams again in the NFC Championship at Lambeau, and probably beat Cincinnati in the Super Bowl. But yeah, that's you know that that's. Too late now, but I know. Uh, I know. But yeah, no, I, I don't. I don't have really any any questions about the coaching staff. Um, the only thing is, maybe a, a, it's it's funny to say like we we were talking about the defense, and it's it's weird to say that I'm a li- like not super confident in the defensive coordinator, if only because his track record. Um, it's it's Joe Barry. He was in Detroit when they went 0 and 16. He was in Washington for a couple years when they were bad. Like he's never really led a good defense um you know hope here's hoping that 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 changes and they played a very different style last week against tampa they were a lot more aggressive um a lot more man coverage than they had played the the two weeks earlier when they basically sat in in zone all game and, and got eaten up by justin jefferson um so my my only concern is is primarily around you know can he adjust in game to you know to what's happening um but outside of that, I think the offensive coaching staff is is in a really good place. They retained some some real key guys after uh, Nathaniel Hackett, the coordinator last year, went to, to mm-hmm. Denver. Um, that that's a whole nother topic. Oh my gosh, he looks lost. Um, Jesus. <laughs> but uh, yes, they, they promoted Stenovich, their offensive line coach, to to O. C and and he's been uh, I, I think doing a really solid job um, helping LaFleur with the game planning. Obviously LaFleur does the play calling, so yeah. um, you know, that's, that's all still his, his responsibility. But yeah, the biggest question on that side was uh, on the coaching side was just, can they be competent on special teams? And not only has Bisaccia, you know, have them playing better. They also decided, you know, we probably need to let this guy who knows a thing or two about this phase of football have a little bit of say in our personnel decisions when it comes to that. And so they've got a couple of, um, a couple of guys that they brought in who were who were in Vegas with the Raiders last year with Basacchia, who are clearly head and shoulders better than anybody else they've they've had on special teams, especially as gunners and the punt team and and on kick coverage, way better than anybody they've had there for the last five or six years. Um, and you you've already seen the difference with that. Um, just on coverage teams, they're not doing a whole lot on returns, but fine, you know, make a make a fair catch and don't do anything stupid. And- right. You know, we'll we'll sort it out, but yeah, the coverage is so much better. They brought in uh, Pat O'Donnell, the punter from the Bears. He just won Special Teams Player of the Week in the NFC. First Remember time a that? Packers punter has done that in ten years. So, um, so we're we're feeling we're feeling you know riding this high right now on on special teams. Um, and you know, compared to where we were what nine months ago, that's a, that's, that's a yeah. very strange feeling.
1: Well, you know, and that's one of those things. It's 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 one of those things that isn't sexy. But when you don't have it, you realize how important it is, right? And Belichick always stacks those guys and people. Oh my god, he's got you know yeah. six guys that only plays, but it's like, yeah, okay, fine. But when you suck at it, it costs you games, you know. Yeah. And that's I, I
0: look at it as as you're very, you're you are rarely going to win a game on special teams, but you can absolutely lose it in a heartbeat. Right. And yep. that's that's exactly what happened in the playoffs last year.
1: Yeah, yeah. So that's you know. Frustrating. So we'll see. And listen, I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to be, as many of the listeners know, and I talked to you about this already, Tex. I'm going there. I can't flip and wait. I'm, I'm so excited, excited for you. Yeah. I'm like, I just I, the whole time you've been talking, I've just been staring at at the at the picture <laughs> behind you because I'm just like, I'm going to see that in person this weekend. I'm so excited. I'm taking a, I'm doing a tour on Monday. I'm going to be like, nice. They're going to walk me through like the, I guess you get to walk through the tunnel and then onto the sideline. I'm gonna, I was like, I'm going to lose my mind. It's going to be so great. So I. I'm over the moon, super excited, um, you know, about about going. And I know, you know, I wish I could see Mac Jones and the Patriots be 100% and, you know, and give the Packers everything they got. But I don't even – I really – I don't want to say I don't care because I want the Patriots to win every game. But I kind of don't care if they win or not. I just want to go to Lambeau. I'm so excited about it. And so uh, it's one of those spots for me that's like a bucket list. It's like – if, yeah. if you're a football fan, that's like a bucket list spot to go. And so uh, – so I'm very excited about it.
0: For sure. Yeah. And and I, I would certainly hope and I, I'm sure that Packers fans are gonna be, you know, very, very open, very welcoming. You know, that generally is the case okay. for to visiting fans as long as you're not from Minnesota or Chicago. Um you're you're maybe <laughs> Dallas. Let's throw Dallas in there too. Yeah. But uh yeah, as long as you're uh um yeah, that they almost exclusively they're they're gonna be, you know, they're gonna be good good hosts and um I'm sure you'll you'll have a great time. Make I'm sure you get here. some deep fried cheese curds. Uh, make sure Ooh. you get some good Wisconsin beer while you're while you're out there. And, uh, yeah, you'll have a great time.
1: There we go. Love it. I am going to have to find someone. I did this last year in Houston. It was kind of an impromptu thing, but now I've decided I'm going to, like, do it every time I go somewhere. I have. So my, my thing is I wear, like, pins on my jersey. And so we get a pin. We've been getting a pin every year since 2008. I'm a season ticket holder. We've been getting a mm-hmm. pin every year since 2008. As season ticket holder, so I have all the season ticket holder pins on my jersey. Nice. So last year, walking out of the stadium in Houston, there was a guy, and and it was like Breast Cancer Week or whatever. So they were giving out like the pins, like the Breast Cancer pins. And I walk out, and a guy's like, "Hey, can I have your pin?" And I was like, "Yeah, okay, sure." And he's like, "Here, take one of mine." And he gave me a Texans pin and exchanged it for so. So now I have a Texans pin. So I'm like, I have to find someone in Green Bay that's got a Packer that's wearing, you know, Packers pins and I'll go to exchange, give them a Patriots pin. They'll give me a Packers pin and take a picture with it or whatever, like a Jersey exchange, but like a yeah. Jersey swap, but you know, there with for a pin. So, uh, so I just decided, I'm like, you know, that'd be kind of fun. And then I'll have a, I'll have a pin of all different players of all different places. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, just something stupid, but, but something fun, you know?
0: No, that's, that sounds like an awesome, awesome tradition to get started. I think that's, uh, that's pretty great. I'm sure they'll, I'm sure that somebody will be more than happy to, to do that with you,
1: I hope so. The Midwest, you know, yeah. you, uh, we always talk about the Midwest and how how nice they are. So seems that way. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I assume you're expecting a win from Green Bay this week.
0: Yeah, that's that's safe. You know? that's a safe assumption. This this yeah. should be. This is actually it's 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 funny how well this season, the start of this season, the schedule kind of matches up with last year for the Packers. Um, week one you get blown out on the road. Week two, you come back home for a primetime game against a not very good division team. Blow them out pretty mm-hmm. well. Week three, you go on the road to a team that has given you a lot of trouble in the past and has been, you know, a host of horrors for you. And you come out with a really tough, but close victory against a big NFC team. And then you come back and you feel like you've got a stack of three or four games that should be winnable games for, for the team. Last year, I think there was a Washington game, um, Pittsburgh, who wasn't very good, you know. At this point, last year, yeah, a couple other, a couple other winnable games before they went down to Arizona. This year, y- you feel like Patriots, Giants, Jets, Washington. You know, those are four games that that should yeah. set up well for for this Packers team before they have to go play Buffalo um, on Sunday night in Week Eight. And so that uh, it just it's funny how how this almost seems like it it feels like it's mirroring last year. And, um, you know, hopefully the the Packers can, you know, can keep the the same trend that they had last year when they went on a nice little run uh, to finish off the first half of the season.
1: Yep. Uh, and that's and that's kind of where where I would assume Patriots fans are at, too. Someone was saying that, uh, you know, almost 50 percent at this point um, that, you know, the, uh, what's it called? The knockout pool people are, are taking Green Bay because it just wow. seems like. It just seems like one of those games that the that you know that the Packers should fairly easily win. I mean, Brian Hoyer is going to be the starting quarterback, but again, it's the Belichick factor. Like that's the Belichick factor for me, where I felt like even this past week, everyone's picking Baltimore. Everybody picked Baltimore to win, and I was like, the Patriots have a chance now, and they blew it at the end. But they were there. They were right there, and they yep. made some mistakes and blew it at the end. Now, Brian Hoyer, quarterback, I I, I just don't see how they pull it off, but like. I don't know if any coach in the league can do it. It's Belichick. So like, yep. you know, I don't, I don't put it out of the realm of possibility. I would just think I'd be surprised if they won. I, I you know, I'm, or I guess, I guess what I would say is I'm not expecting them to win. Um, but I wouldn't necessarily be super surprised if they won. So that's kind of where I'm at. That's why I'm at with the Patriots every week. It's like, Hey, even if they're yeah. playing a really tough team, they're probably not going to win, but you never know. Right. So yep. we always have that kind of ace up our sleeve with Belichick. So, Definitely. uh, it, it certainly helps so so we'll see should be a fun matchup um either way so all right before before we let you go we are gonna do our our one final segment I let you know too late but I, you know what I didn't even t- I was like you know what I didn't even tell you the last two times I had guests on I told them about it they're like oh yeah we'll do it and then they didn't do anything and I was like all right it's fine don't <laughs> even worry about it we'll just you know so um so we have our new segment come our our newish segment coming up so here we go
0: and now for something we think you'll really like. This week in sports history.
1: All right. So this one's uh this one's kind of relevant, I would say, right now. Aaron Judge yesterday hit his 61st home run. Um and tomorrow, which is September 30th, 1927 Babe Ruth hit his 60th home run in the 8th inning of New York's 4-2 win also happened at Yankee Stadium. So uh, so there you go. Nineteen twenty-seven. He hit his 60th home run. So oh. uh it's pretty unbelievable when you think about how good Dave yeah. Ruth was. But uh but anyways, yeah, ridiculous. So uh so Tex man, thank you so much for coming through. This has been a great conversation. Uh really appreciate it. I'm looking forward to to heading up there this weekend and and I always just feel like there's something about the Packers. You know, anytime you see them playing, it's just it's just like the whole, it's just like the Packers. It's pretty cool, you know. So, uh, just just like the franchise itself has that history and nostalgia behind it, uh, you know, winning the first two Super Bowls and being good, being so good for so long, um, it's pretty cool. So it's always it's always a pretty good, a cool opportunity. And even those players, you know, that get to go to Lambeau, they don't go to Lambeau all the time, and so it's a place for them to kind of go. and And they they were talking this week about how special of a place it is and how cool it is to play there. And so um, you know, it's, it's, it's exciting for them and I'm sure it's, you know, it's, it's exciting for me as a fan and and for us watching it. So, uh, so it should be, should be a fun matchup this week. I I would say for sure.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm happy for you that you get to, to go and experience all that, all that Lambo has to offer. Um, make sure you you get up, get some tailgating in, um, you know, the, the lots around Lambo are pretty legendary. So you, I mean, You'll, you'll, I'm sure you'll have a great time. Um, you know, before and and during and after the game, yeah. um, it's it's tough not to. So the tour is great. Um, and and really, that's the that's the thing about Green Bay, right? It's it's this little small town. It's the only one of those small towns that that was yeah. around at the very start of the NFL that still has its team, and that ownership piece of it. Um, you know, the, the fan ownership is still. Um, it's, I mean, it's, it's still unique in all of North American sports. And I, I get the, I get the points that people make about, Oh, you know, stock, you can't trade it. You can't accrue value on it, but that's not why Packers fans buy stock in the team. You know, it's, it's, it's not an investment to make money. It's an investment to, to make sure that the team stays where is. It doesn't get, get picked off and, and moved away someplace. Um, get, and so, um, that's, that's what it's all about. And, um, it's, it just, it does feel um, it's, it's, it's fun. And it's special to, to be a a fan of, and you know, a shareholder in that team and, and to, to get to cover them on a, on a daily basis. So I try not to take that for granted, but yeah, I'm looking forward to a, to a good game Um, should be, you know, hopefully at least an entertaining one for everybody, and uh, hopefully, um yeah, you know, I'm I'm certainly crossing my fingers that uh, Packers win comfortably, but we'll we'll see what happens. crazier Crazier things have happened.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I mean they they did give Romo, they gave it to Romo on the 425. It's the national game, yep. so you know, obviously they think it it has the at least it has the chance of being a good game. Um, so you know, we'll see. Maybe the the networks and, and Vegas know more than we do, but uh, but who knows? You know, so. Uh, before we let you go, before we before we end the show, just you know tell everyone where they can read you and see you and hear you and everything else.
0: Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, so you can get uh, catch me on Twitter. It's at Tex Western. Um, you can get us acmepackingcompany.com spelled out and Twitter. It's at acmepackingco. Uh, I do a game recap podcast usually every week with, uh, my co-editor, Justice Mosqueda. Um, he's also on the SBN, uh, SB Nation NFL show on a fairly regular basis too. Um, we got a couple other podcasts in our feed as well. So you can find that, um, anywhere you get your podcasts and, um, yeah, head over to acmepackingcompany.com for all of our, uh, our full Packers coverage all weekend.
1: Love it love it. Yep, it's great. And listen, go out and find yourself that Chris Farley cheesehead t-shirt somewhere. I'm going to be if I can for that in Green Bay.
0: If I can find uh find where my my buddy found it for me, I will uh I will send it to you and so you can post it if uh
1: will if you're do. interested. I absolutely will. That's awesome. that's a legendary shirt. So <laughs> But all right, thank you so much for coming through, Tex. We appreciate it. Enjoy the game, everyone, and uh, and I probably won't be here for the uh, for the game recap. But Matt will definitely be doing a game recap with someone. Maybe it'll be me, but probably not. But who knows? We'll see what happens. So, thanks for watching, guys, and uh, we'll talk to you soon.